0: Welcome to the Nifty
1: Podcast, presented by Partyfish Media, a showcase of the best emerging filmmakers under the age of 25 from all around the world. Film starts here at the virtual Nifty 2020 from Seattle, Washington. My name is Dan Hudson. I'm Nifty's executive director. I'm also one of the programmers, um, and sometimes I get the pleasure of programming very exciting narrative short films um, of which uh, C is one of them this year. Um, it screened in our centerpiece showcase. Um, and I am joined by the director um, and uh, Thomas Kim. Um, Thomas, can you go ahead uh, and introduce yourself? Say a little bit, uh, just like kind of a mini bio, um, you know, where, where you're from, where, where you're located now? uh what you've been up to in your life <laughs> up till now all that good stuff
2: yeah hey um so I'm Thomas Kim um thank you so much for having me first of all uh I always listen to these podcasts so these are it's really cool to be here uh but you know I'm from I'm originally from Concord Massachusetts that's where the short film C is based on um I'm currently in Los Angeles right now um just taking a gap year from USC and just you know, uh, mentally trying to stay sane just you know uh, refreshing with you know friends and just uh, you know exercising the usual stuff.
1: Staying sane I feel like that's a full-time job for all of us right now so more power to you.
2: <laughs> yeah totally.
1: Um, So I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in, right in with like a little bit of uh, some semi-ancient history I don't know go Rewinding a couple years ago, because I first um, discovered you as a filmmaker with your film Treasure, uh, which was at Nifty 2018. Um, and you won a new talent award um, uh, that year for the film. Um, but it is a very, very different film from C. Um, it's a you know, kind of a stop motion, you know, sort of combined with a few different formats, um, and I had never seen anything like it before. It was like a completely unique film, um, and now C is like such like a startlingly different project from Treasure. Um, I I just want to like start off there and be like just just you know investigate like um like what's what's the through line of like the thomas kim uh you know cinematic aesthetic or or like is is there any connection at all between the two projects or yeah i would just you know how did how did how does one get from treasure to see
2: No, that's a very interesting question because i don't know the answer myself i mean neither films are any sort of magnus opus by any means but um I'll tell you this, one: of the biggest reason why I did a stop-motion film, uh, you know, a few years ago was because, um, I mean, I was in high school when I was making that stop-motion short film. I spent uh, about three and a half years working on that during the span of high school, and the reason was because, you know, I didn't have the resources or the connections to make a live-action short film. Um, you know, I'm sure I could have, but... Um, You know, for some reason I thought, you know, I could do every step of the process myself when it came to stop motion, um, from, you know, storyboarding to, you know, shooting it, um, to editing and to VFX, all that stuff. I knew that I could do all of it myself, even though it would take a long time. Um, I could, uh, I guess, balance out money for time and, you know, try and kind of, uh, you know, make this happen. And honestly, it was such a learning experience because for me, that was honestly film school. Um, just because, you know, I, I was teaching myself how to storyboard um, and, and really in animation, you're working frame by frame and that teaches you a lot about editing and just the pacing of these frames on such a, a micro level. Um, and so, you know, I feel like I without that film, I definitely could not have made C, you um, You know, even making C, basically, we shot that, you know, uh, July of 2019, and I took the last semester off of high school to produce this thing, but even then, I didn't have any connections or whatnot. Um, It was mainly just cold calling, cold emails to all these people, and eventually, eventually one person stuck who became more of like a co-associate producer, helped me figure out the logistics. I mean, it was my first real live action short film, and it was a SAG production, and we had like a, a notable, I guess, cast, and you know, a a decent budget for a short film. Honestly, um, I mean, right up front, the budget was uh, twenty six grand, um, and, and you know, we did a Kickstarter for a Treasure too. We raised around five grand, um, and you know, I made that thing. But um, it, you know, obviously, live action is a completely different monster. Um, And it was such a learning experience. I mean, we can go into that further if you'd like, but um, I don't think I have a personal taste. I don't know. It's very interesting because right when Moonlight came out, I feel like, you know, that just, that movie, that movie hits, that movie hits so hard and and just inspired me so hard um, as this, you know, modern art house kind of vibe um, and, and ever since then, I've just been wanting to tell those kind of really personal, intimate stories. Um, and, you know, I've just trusted that gut feeling, to be honest. Um, and that's where C came from.
1: I'm going to ask you one other animation question uh, before we start to pivot more to C. Uh, because I, I was checking out a little bit of your portfolio of what I could find online. And you have, an, you have another Stop motion animation project called Bloom that you just came out with recently. So you did you did return to stop motion. So is this something that like you know you'll it, it, it is going to be somewhat in the in the mix at all in the future, or would you like to lean more in the live action sense? I mean, you know, ideally in an ideal world, you're doing both.
2: You know, um, you know, you're doing animation and live action. Uh, that project was, it's, you know, it's like a minute or too long, but that was for a USC class um, in February, uh, you know, as a freshman. Um, and me and two other guys, we shot that in four days, that, the, from, int- from conception to final product, four days, and three of which, uh, th- no sleep, you know, <laughs> zero sleep. Um, basically, my friend did like made all the props and all the stuff out of styrofoam and then um my other friend did sound design and a bit of the editing and then we all did like storyboard and then i animated the entire thing um so you know that was just like a fun little project but it turned out really well and i love the look of it so i just you know put on my website um nothing just you know just a fun
1: project (laughs) (laughs) i i enjoyed watching it i thought it was you could have fooled me that it was done just four days it's it's pretty slick let's transition a little bit more into C so um you know you you mentioned that you were you shot this uh last summer um the summer of 2019 um and I so I'm a little bit curious like on the the timeline here um because knowing knowing that you made treasure during high school um and that you you know are uh, got into USC, um, but this like, again, like this, this film seems like it kind of comes out of nowhere. It's like, so, so highly produced. So, so uh, just so slick. So like insanely polished and like, but you made this like outside of school, like this wasn't a USC project. So I'm just kind of curious, like, um, like how did you find the time and the kind of, you know, access to, you touched on a little bit, like uh, doing some cold calling and stuff, but I'd, yeah, just like to talk a little bit more about the development of this project.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like I said, I took the last semester off of high school. Um, There's this program at my high school where you can take the last semester off and do an internship program. So I basically interned at this color grading company in Boston, but you know, it was just you know a disguise. Basically, I would go there and sit there and work on producing this project, basically instead of actually doing anything you know, just restocking fridges, whatnot. Um, but, you know, I I had, you know, I was, I was working on the script for, for a long time. And, you know, I just did not know how a script would translate to a live action screen. I mean, that was the biggest worry. I, I basically mulled that over for like 10 months, just like afraid of actually producing this thing because I just didn't know how a script would translate to screen. Um you know because usually in animation you're going from storyboard to screen so it's a little different um and so you know like i said it was a bunch of cold cold emails cold calling um i even offered like i think was it was a pretty good sum of money just for people to produce it like pretty you know like students you know just who are also hustling but you know they turned it down eventually one person is stuck um who is a comedian not really like a film production person but she graduated from BU. Um, and, you know, we just figured out the logistics. I mean, it was more of like a co-producing kind of thing, like I said, but, um, you know, it was a SAG production. We were working with, um, the, the main actor's name is Kihong Hong Lee. He was in the Maze Runner. He was in, um, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, you know, he, in the Asian American community, he's a pretty big deal. And, um, you know, acquiring him was also a process of cold, Emailing. Um, I mean, I signed up for an IMDb Pro trial account, and I found his manager's name. And I basically uh, backward Google searched his manager's names to his assist- agent's name to his agent's assistant's email. Um, and I sent that email with a pitch deck, the script, and a nice, you know, little cover letter email. Um, and eventually, went up the ladder, and Hong read it. You know, he, he saw the pitch deck loved it. Um, and we hopped on a Skype call and after the Skype call at the end, he was like, Thomas, I'll see you in Concord, which is where we were shooting. And, you know, I was so stoked. Um, but you know, then again, it's, it's always that hustle. It's just, you know, cold emails, uh, cold calling, uh, you know, it, it does work sometimes, you know, you throw out a thousand emails, you get one back. Um, it's kind of like that deal. And I feel very incredibly lucky that, you know, he, he did like this, the material and he was able to do this. He's, you know, 34. He's in L.A. We're in Concord uh, across the country. And, you know, you know and we're barely paying him anything. I mean, we're give, it's a you know, $200 uh, basically SAG minimum rate, uh, $200 a day plus travel uh, days. Um, but we made sure that his experience was top notch, you know. Um, That means first class flights, uh, personal chauffeur, ground transportation, nice hotels, a fancy dinner, Um, you know, just making sure that experience was on par with everything else that he's doing. Um, Even though his, obviously his day rate is, you know, like just pennies for him. Um, So, you know, I think that really helped with just uh, just, you know now we're homies you know we get we get dumplings like every month before covid um and just you know beyond industry of relationships those uh connections and those friendships i think are very valuable um i mean he's like a mentor figure to me now um and so yeah i mean i'm going off your question about the development of the the film but um yeah that's how that's how uh, we got the actor and we made it
0: I wanted to follow up on something you were saying, like, you were, you know, live action versus animation, and you were, you know, a little bit worried about, like, getting the script to screen um, for the for the narrative live action, but I thought that this film was so, so tight. I mean, it's less, it's less than 10 minutes. Um, it feels like you, you know, accomplished so much, um, sort of, like, plot-wise and moving the the character through a bunch of different things so did you find that um you, did you end up storyboarding or like how how precise were you down to like the the framing and the sort of like moment to moment pacing of the film before you shot it or did that come together in the edit
2: well definitely you know well the dp of the film his name is Will Noyce he's a friend of mine we met at young arts um 2019, I think, Um, and and he lives in the Bay Area, so I flew him out twice to do tech scouts and to shoot it, Um, and so we were very much on the same spiritual energy, you know, um, about the movie. Um, I mean, he was reading it constantly from day one with all these edits, and he would always hear me out with everything I'm worrying about, you know, like every single line. I'm like, is this, will this work, will this work, Um, you know, will this line of dialogue be said the right way? Um, and, you know, I think that, you know, we didn't, we didn't storyboard necessarily. We, we did rough drawings, we did shot lists, but, um, I feel like me and my DP, we were such on the same wavelength that we just kind of knew how, how it would edit together sort of. Um, and so where the sound cues would need to rise, where like the energy would kind of need to go down in order to trans transition into the, to the next scene, Um so just purely on um a feeling standpoint, um we were we both felt the same thing. And there were moments where, you know, he thought, you know, the camera should go this way and and the lighting should be this way, but I felt it should be more like this way. Um and so obviously in those positions, you know, he would um um let me try my thing and then we would find something new together that would be, you know, better than honestly what we both had imagined um so it was very much having that into intuitive uh editing mindset from the beginning before even shooting it that helped us kind of navigate uh how it would come together at the end
0: um i'm gonna dive a little bit more here um into some of the elements of the story and some of the themes of the film itself um first off (laughs) Um, you know, at the at the end of the film, you dedicate the film to someone named C. So I'm curious, and you said that you were working on the script for a while. Um, was this like based on a true story, or like a you know semi semi based on true events, or just kind of curious um, where the story came from and who the C is that you dedicate to at the end?
2: Well, like I said, I'm from Concord, Massachusetts, and it's a very white, you know, liberal rich town, um, and there are very few Asian Americans there. Um, one of those Asian Americans was my friend C, uh, C bore and um, he was adopted by Caucasian parents. Um, and so, you know, originally when I went into the short, I knew I wanted to make a story about him that captured the transracial adoptee experience. But um, in talking with him, um, I realized that a lot of the things we experienced growing up in this town were very similar. Um, obviously there were differences, uh, you know, but in general, outside of the home, it was very similar. Um, and I think that's because it's, we're talking about the foreigners experience and that's a very universal thing um, not just for Asian American, but for all cultures um, growing up in this country. Um, and, you know, the only thing I I not the only thing, but with the biggest thing that I realized that, you know, the biggest difference between me and him was that I could always go back home to my Korean parents and I could, you know, learn the language. I could learn the culture. And eventually if I wanted to, I could assimilate into Korean, uh, Korean culture. But for C, um, you know, he never had that privilege. Um, he couldn't go home and, you know, learn the language and then ultimately become Korean in every sense of that word. He was, by all definition, American, except the way he looked, really. Um, and that was such an interesting concept for me um, because, you know, it's it's really just an exaggerated version of the Asian-American experience, which is this um, internal oppression against who you are. Um, because growing up here you're presented with two such opposing identities you know this Caucasian ideal American identity and this other Asian identity and when we're forced to choose between those two things and we're young we're often quick to latch onto one side we're quick to um, hold on to the extremities of one side and disregard the other and even hate the other side Um, and oftentimes you know Asian Americans growing up, we cling to that um, mainstream "quote unquote" American um, identity, and we reject the other side, and we even learn to hate it. And so, there it, it makes us feel there, there's this internal oppression, like I said, against who we are. Um, you know, if we can't find, uh, if we can't embrace both identities at the same time, um, and, and that kind of, you know cultural clash that cultural conflict um is what the short film deals with and what my friend c dealt with and um and honestly i dealt with too um and and so you know i just at the end of the film i just said you know dedicated to C, um just just as a reminder to him um and to me that um you know we've experienced this thing together and that it it is okay you know and you know this film is actually like a healing uh process for us cuz we're we're acknowledging this thing that's there and um trying to embrace it more
0: yeah the i mean those, those themes were all definitely coming through um in like very very beautiful ways throughout the film i one of the things that was most striking for me um, was that very final scene um and you mentioned that kind of like uh you know sort of internalized self-oppression um is he like like trying to like scrub off his asianness like is he like trying to like you know just like like subsume within like the white identity that he surrounds himself in i just i found that like a very sort of i don't know very poetic very kind of metaphorical moment at the end
2: yeah i mean th- that shot at the very end that was all thought of and improvised on the very last day i mean it was supposed to be a completely different ending um but at the before the night of the shooting i was like you know i was mulling it over my head and i was like no this is this is not how it should end um from everything that we shot before this is not how it should end so we so um, on the day of the shooting we rushed everything and found like an hour or two to shoot this very last shot um and i just basically told our lead actor, Ki Hong, just, um, you know, you know, like you said, try and rub, scrub your skin off. I mean, it's a very cliche way of saying it. And I even laughed when I told him and he laughed too, because, you know, it, it's a ridiculous thing, you know, that you're trying to uh, literally, you know, rub your skin off. And, you know, obviously, you know, it's, it's a very extreme way of, say- when you say it out loud, it feels very extreme and even ridiculous um but on screen without all the words and just the hint of it um i thought i knew that it would play off uh just in the right ways um so that's what we did and it and you know luckily it worked out
0: it totally worked out at least it worked out for me i don't know if everybody else is going to have the same interpretation of that but um i think it's it's nice it's always nice to leave uh you know a film a little bit open ended so people can kind of like you know Try to bring their own selves to it and invest investigate it a little further. Um, you know, one of the other dominant themes of the film um, is this sort of like like aggressive, like uh, toxic masculinity, um, which C kind of feels the pressure the pressure to perhaps like be over performative in it to be like um, accepted um, by his you know white white teammates. Um, I would, uh, there's some very tense moments in there and i was just wondering like in kind of in the rehearsal process um like how you were able to kind of get the the cast to that place
2: yeah i mean first of all it just comes with good actors um and the right casting um i mean we shot that on the first day i think that was the very first scene when they're in the lockers and they're pushing each other around um yeah it is a very intense scene but it, that's also one of the things that took also the most amount of takes and the most amount of frustration. Cause it, it was kind of like a one taker sort of, and, and there, there had to be this energy going into it. And, you know, a lot of it, like I said, is the cast and if they're good enough. Um, but also a lot of those actors in the locker rooms were my friends and, you know, they've all obviously experienced all this and all the actors are pretty young. Um, so, and, and honestly, I've been in that situation. So, so I knew how to hype them up like a sports game sort of, um we played some loud music we made sure the energy that was there and the actors were all pumped up we had them take off their shirts you know uh it was all sweaty in there um and honestly by like you know like the fourth take or something like they were all pretty uh tired and they let loose sort of and and all that just came out and all that testosterone um, which is what we needed um and i made sure you know before yelling action to just really hype them up and um yeah, I think I think that's uh, you know, it's a pretty straightforward uh, way to go about it in terms of uh, getting the energy
0: there. So somewhat, uh, you know, another another major feat of this film um, is that uh, it's got distribution on HBO. Um, HBO doesn't normally have a bunch of shorts under their belt that they're distributing, um, and I was I was. I'm very happy for, for the film and that, um, you know, it's going to get that level of exposure, but you know, how, how does that, how does that come about? Like, what was the journey to get this film on HBO?
2: Yeah. So, uh, well, we finished picture, um, I guess, November of last year. Um, And, you know, obviously we submitted to like the top five festivals, Sundance, uh, you know, all, all these great places. I um obviously didn't get in, um wasn't expecting to. <laughs> um but we we were looking at some more like niche stuff, um like these Asian American festivals and stuff, but honestly I just kind of given up. I mean it was more of a proof of concept for the feature idea I had. Um and I submitted it to this program called the HBO APA Visionaries Program which is a new initiative that HBO is doing. I mean, started like four years ago, I think, um, specifically for diverse voices. Um, they choose three finalists and basically, I mean, it was the most wonderful experience. Um, they set up a premiere night. Um, they'll fly you out to LA for three days uh, with a partner and a hotel and a bunch of press. Um, unfortunately, it was virtual this year, so not as much press. and obviously no premiere night but there was they did set up a virtual premiere night um you know obviously the licensing money uh the 10 grand doesn't hurt uh and then there's the finalist money on the premiere night they'll announce first second third place um and then you know hand out more money from there which is always appreciated as a struggling artist um but you know it was such a great experience. There were I love the team behind the program is so wonderful. Um, they definitely, you know, put a lot. HBO does put a lot of uh, uh, resources into that program. And if anyone's out there listening who's also you know an Asian American uh, storyteller, you should definitely hundred percent apply. Um, such a great experience, and you know you know obviously having your film on HBO doesn't hurt.
0: For sure. Um, well, we're we're starting to run out of time, um, but you just mentioned there that see, um, the, uh, you know, one one of your goals for it was as a proof of concept for a feature. Um, so I'm wondering if you could share with us um, where where that might be at um, if that's something that's currently in process. Yeah,
2: I mean, after the HBO premiere night thing, um, I've been just you know taking generals with companies, production companies, talent. Uh, agencies and stuff um you know i the script is ready sort of the the lookbook's ready just um you know i mean i'm still figuring it out you know it's such a daunting process people talk about having a good good script and then having a good film but they never talk about the in-betweens of getting it made um when it comes to financing production companies you know private investors just that entire process so you know right now i'm just looking for the right producer to attach to it um but i think this is this will be my next project um unless i can get some you know maybe some commercial work or some more directing experience under my belt which would always help um but you know yeah like i said i'm just trying to stay sane you know i'm trying to focus on myself uh for covid yeah
0: would you would you uh Would you be doing this, like, alongside, like, being enrolled at USC, like, working on the feature at the same time?
2: Well, right now, I'm taking a gap year from USC, and honestly, I mean, since sophomore year of high school, I was pretty much, like, determined that I was going to not go to college. So, like, uh, I I don't mind if I have to drop school. Uh, It sounds terrible (laughs) to say, but, you know...
0: that that's that's gonna make a great story someday. I dropped out of USC to make my feature. It was you know, the short was picked up by HBO.
2: Go for it. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ideal scenario.
0: All right. Um, cool. Well, um by way of wrapping up, um, you know, we've mentioned that this film is available on HBO. Um, but is there any other way that um people can like check out your work, um, follow you on social or vimeo or any of that good stuff
2: yeah you can just reach me on my instagram at thomas.pk um i mean in my bio there's a website link and stuff like that but just you know instagram's the way to go
0: sweet well thank you so much for joining us today thomas and thanks for screening C with nifty 2020
2: thanks so much um i'm happy to you know be here share the film with you guys thanks
0: And thanks for listening. For more information on Nifty 2020, The Talented Youth, and more emerging filmmakers, check out Nifty.org or find us on Facebook and Twitter at NSFTY or Instagram at NiftyFilm. For more podcasts from Party Fish Media, search Party Fish Media wherever you listen to podcasts or follow us on social media at Party Fish Media.